Leonis Trinity of Trinity Place Designs is a New York-based mobile stylist providing in-home hair care and an e-commerce platform for all your hair care needs. Today, we're going to hear all about her journey to becoming a business owner, challenges and triumphs. You definitely don't want to miss this. Welcome back to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes, and I'm your host. Today, I'm with Leonis Trinity. How are you today, Leonis? I'm doing well. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, we had a couple of uh, cancellations and misunderstandings and stuff, so I'm finally <laughs> Yeah, but we made in. it. Yes, we did. Yeah, yes, we did. Um, well, I think uh, I'm really excited to hear about your your story, and I think people will uh, will really appreciate uh, you coming on and sharing. So um, let's first start off with like finding asking you, how long have you been a stylist? Okay, so when I first started doing hair, I was 10 years old. That's from when I remember. My mom says I, I started showing interest at five years old. So it's been about 25 years. But professionally, after I graduated from Paul Mitchell, it was six years professionally. All right, All right cool. So you graduated six years ago? Uh, yeah, around 2015. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? Um, you know, your how how and why you got into it, and uh, mm-hmm. why don't we start off with that? Okay, so when I was younger, um, I basically always wanted to rebel against whatever my mom was trying to do with my hair, and I'm like, I don't like the styles that you're doing on me. They're too old. They don't match my new style. And I basically was just telling her I don't want to do my hair anymore. She got fed up and I was basically forced into doing it because I had such an attitude about the styles that she was doing. It just didn't match what the trends were in my head at the time. So from that point, I started practicing on myself, on dolls, and then on my sister. And then word of mouth kind of just spread that I was naturally good at doing hair. So it all started from then. Nice. Nice. I love that. So, uh, so how old, uh, so, so you're young, you're like really into hair and, uh, Mm -hmm. tell us about, uh, like, where does like the, uh, professional, the professional side of stuff kind of begin? Tell us a little bit about that, that part of the journey. Um, so I was always a person that always had a bunch of different types of jobs, but hair was always in the background. Um, and as I got older, you know, I knew that I could do hair, but I'm like, you know, I've got to work. I have to work, you know, so I can always have something to rely on. And when I got older and I had some challenges with um, with a company I was working with, it was like low staff and all these different issues. I'm like, you know what? I have to take this more seriously. So I kind of always had in the back of my mind, okay, make sure you go to school, have your license. Even if you sit on the license, at least you have it. And whenever you need to pull it out, you make sure that it's always up to date and you can use it. So once I was faced with that um, issue with my employer, like, you know, I felt like they weren't backing us, you know, they, we didn't have the right support. I was like, I have to push this forward. So I was glad that I had my license to fall back on. And, you know, it kind of pushed me in the direction to say, listen, you have this talent and it's going to waste because you're just working. And everyone's always asking you to do their hair, but you can't because you're working. Um, you know, so once I felt like that, I bought like a vendor's list where I said, okay, I'm going to get some retail products. I'm going to put this 
in addition to me doing hair so that when the clients leave and they always ask me what I use on my hair, I have something else to sell and I can have additional income in case something like this ever happens with another job again. I don't only have to rely on them. I can rely on my talent. So that's where it pushed me into being official. So uh, let's kind of go back a little bit. Uh, So you... Uh, you went. You go to school. You went to Paul Mitchell get, Partner School in Staten Island. Okay, so Paul Mitchell mm-hmm. Partner School in Staten Island, and then mm-hmm. uh, so you got out of school, and then um, what? Tell us about like your first uh, your first job. Is this is this the salon you're talking about? The first job you had out of school? Uh, no. Um, I was working at Dry Bar in Tribeca when I first first got out of school. So I still had the license. It was still like I knew what that I needed to get my license. And once I finished school, I knew I don't start anything without finishing it, but I didn't have an exact plan of what I was going to do. Like, okay, I'm going to leave school and get a salon. I didn't have like a distinct idea of what I wanted to do. I just knew it was important to get the license. So once I applied to dry bar, dry bar was cool. You know, I learned a lot, I learned a lot of their techniques, but it wasn't something individual, you know, and I obviously always strive for my own individuality. So even though I learned a lot of skills from them, it was the dry bar way, you know, it wasn't really the Trinity place designs way. So I took those skills that I learned from there and I just kept honing on my ideas until I finalized what I wanted to do officially. Okay. So you're, you're, you go to school, you Mm -hmm. get out of school, you start working in dry bar. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And then yeah. you're at Dry Bar, and you, um, you're, 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 you're learning there. You're developing your own brand. You're developing mm-hmm. your own style. Okay. And then what's the next move? So after that, I worked there for some time, but then I got called for another job. So that was always the ongoing struggle of me working to make more, because as you know, in certain salons, you're not always going to make the top. You have to work your way up. So you know, you're a stylist but you're working off tips. You might be working off commission. You're not making enough to really survive, you know, if this is something that you really want to do. So I always had to supplement doing hair because it just wasn't bringing in enough at the time for what my lifestyle called for. Doing uh, hair, you mean, are you talking, referring uh, like not in like the just, salon? Yeah, in the salon, out of the salon, all of it collectively just wasn't enough to maintain monthly bills that I had after being in school. So I always had to supplement that. Yeah. And uh, you're supplementing it with, with uh, mobile styling. Is that what I was? Well, it was was mobile styling, but also like a city job or, you know, any other type of job that I knew would be consistent. So I would always, it was always on the side, even though my talent was not like a side hustle it ended up being that way because I just was trying to gain more clientele of my own, but I was always under the shadow of a company. So dry bar or, you know, my clients are going out of town or they move. So I always had a challenge of not just there. They know I'm reliable, but they move and they change. So then my standard clientele isn't there anymore. So I have to rebuild again. So that's part of the struggle that I face being a stylist, even though I was, uh, uh, you know, I am a great stylist. My clientele wasn't always put right there, you know, rely on them monthly. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like right now you're touching on something that a lot of stylists, when they're first starting to get out of school, 
um, and building building that clientele, you know, starting off, even if you find a salon that'll put you right on the floor and start mm-hmm. giving you customers, uh, it's still pretty tough, you know, to make it, yes. I mean, especially if you're living in a big city. You know, yes, there's pricey. a lot of competition in New York. Um, and it's expensive. Very expensive. And there was a time period where it was cool to be a stylist. So regardless of your natural talent, it was a trend. So now people who had absolutely no interest in hair might look a certain way. They might have more means. They might have more access than you. So now they're grabbing up all the clients because, you know, they might know more people or they get all their friends to come in. You know, they live down the street. Oh, stop by. So there is a lot of competition. And although you have great talent, there's a lot more layers than just you having great talent. You know, how well do you communicate with the clients? You know, are you welcoming enough? Are you closing the sale? Are you doing everything that Drybar wants you to do once you're doing the hair? You know, are you always at work in time to have that relationship with the client that wants their hair done every week? So it's a lot more layers that, you know, a lot of stylists have to be aware of. So. so how long have you had the Trinity Place Designs, uh, you know, comp brand or concept or business uh, where that, I guess what I'm trying to get to the, get to the bottom of is um, at what point in time did Trinity Place Designs become a thing either in your head or, or, uh, or actually like legally filed the documentation? Mm-hmm. It's more like I'm thinking like when was, when did Trinity Place Designs, uh, begin and um yeah when did it begin right so ever since young i always had like a long list of goals so i always knew trinity place designs was going to be something i just didn't know how i was going to get there but officially um in 2021 august that's when i legally filed for it but it was something i always knew so even when i started making up my little handmade t-shirts i always had trinity place designs it's just getting to the road of being official and professional you know, and having everything set in stone and actually building the brand itself, that all officially happened last year. Well, now we're in 2023, two years ago. Um, but before that, I always knew that that's something that I wanted. Okay. Uh, and tell me a little bit about that. Like, uh, were, while you, while you had this idea and you were, mm-hmm. you were using the, uh, the training place designs, um, brand name uh mm-hmm. before it was like officially filed um right because the officially filing thing really is it's it's a step it's an important step that people should take mm-hmm. but primarily for like protections you know so right people, right people can take your stuff to take your mm-hmm. your name or your whatever but like mm-hmm. if you're um you're you can build start building building your brand you know deciding mm-hmm. on you know your colors and your themes and your vibe right. and like what yeah. how do customers interact with you so mm-hmm. did you uh, were you working on anything like that prior to this official filing like how were yeah. you building this brand yeah so um like i said thank god once i started to understand how to build clientele my clientele was solely built on word of mouth. So I always made sure to do a good enough job on that one client that when they went out, they would give my number out. So I never really had to, you know, go door to door or hand out 
cards because my work spoke for itself. So during that time, I'm like, you know, I'm really onto something. Always make sure that the customer is always right and always comfortable, no matter what you do. Even if they hate what you do, make them so comfortable that, you know what, you're going to reassure them that you can fix this problem. They explained this out. So I started building on my customer service. I started building on my colors, like you said. So I wanted colors that were long lasting, black, silver, white, a dark purple. Normally I see pink often or maybe yellow, like how you have yellow. I kind of wanted something opposite of that. Um, And then I also started to think, okay, if you say Trinity Place Designs, it's something that makes people think, is it a design company? You know, is it an architect company? Because that will build conversation around it. And then when you tell them your hairstylist, then your look, then everything else just follows. So I did plan prior to you know, how I wanted people to receive it. So picking even that name wouldn't just close me off to Trinity Place Designs hair. Not that anything's wrong with that, but I always had a vision that I didn't want to be stuck in the box, you know, of only being Trinity Place Designs hair. And that's it. You know, I wanted to at least be able to be at Fashion Week and I'm there, but I'm also able to walk the the fashion show. So the company itself can, can produce other talents than just hairstylists if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so, so you get out of school and, uh, sounds like you're, are you working in salons going around to different salons and stuff uh, for the first five years until you go official? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Well, during that time I stayed at a dry bar and I was still working, um, and doing hair on my own. Like I said, it's always like word of mouth, like, oh, my friend that I graduated with is working at dry bar. You should come. So during that time I went to dry bar. And after that, I kind of worked at like salons in in Staten Island that were here and there, but they never lasted long. Unfortunately, there'll be a pop-up salon. Somebody would come, they would think that it's a good location. They'll get some traffic, but unfortunately it'll close. And then I have to go search again. So I did that for some time until I really figured out that I need to just do this on my own and stop kind of like riding the coattails of other um, business owners, because I'm not really defined by their ideas or their plans. So I need to just do this on my own, you know? So I stayed in contact, like you said, with my teacher, Diana, and she helped along the way as well. A lot of the programs that Paul Mitchell did, I would come up to. Then I did um, teaching at Paul Mitchell as a guest artist. So keeping uh, my network solid was very helpful that even if I did, quote unquote, lose a job, I ended up landing something else because of the network that I was building and always being professional and reliable things like that. So yeah, I kind of hopped from salon to salon, but not major salons. It was salons that you wouldn't have known because it, it was in my local area. Okay. Uh, all right. So it sounds to me and like, uh, just correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds to me that mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're the beginning of your career as a stylist was, uh, kind of a little, um, tumultuous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you talk to speak on that for anybody who else who's having uh like a, uh-huh. I mean, yes. okay, well, sorry, before you, I don't want me to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want some of the things that like, when I talk to the students um, and then, or they, or I talk to them like just after school, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of anxiety and sh- like a lot of stress over 
what are they going to do? Are they going to make, are they making the right decision? Should they work mm-hmm. here? Oh, I've been working here for this long and they have, I haven't gotten this out of them and mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Um, so like with that in mind, you know, uh, that's kind of like, I'd love to hear you speak to like, to that, um, you know, what that was like for you and how yeah. you managed it and like anything, any other challenges yeah. that came up. Yes. Um, there's in life in general, there's always going to be challenges, some that we expect, some that we don't expect. Um, my biggest tip is to always have like a goal sheet, whether it's a lifelong goal sheet and then you break it down. So, you know, you're in school now, you don't know what exactly you want to do, but be a student and learn, like gravitate towards a head stylist or grab, just ask, you know, can I shadow you while you're doing this? I know I'm, I'm just a shampoo girl, but can I shadow you so I can learn your technique? Um, that was something that was an advantage to me. So even though maybe I was kind of shy about my skills and I thought I was good, but maybe I see someone doing better, you know, you have to find some way to gravitate towards someone that you can model after because somebody might teach you something that you didn't think of yourself. You know, sometimes we try to try to do it all, you know, but when you're in that type of setting, you need to reach out to someone. So I have family issues going on. I have work. I have all these different things, you know, you're trying to be a part of everything, trying to have a social life, you're trying to get a career, all these things will come racing, but you just have to kind of make a list of your goals and follow that. So let's say I'm in school now, in three months, I'll be out of school. I really want to go to the salon, walk in that salon one day and get your hair done. See how the salon works. See how people act. See how they speak to you. Do they have a slogan? When you walk in, are they nice? See if that's where you would want to work. If they're going to be accepting of you, if they're accepting of you as a client, maybe it might be a great place for you to work. There's a lot of things that you got to do, I guess, kind of like research. You know, you got to research what you want before you actually get it. Envision it. Like, do I see myself in here? Do I fit the aesthetic of this place or do I belong somewhere else? You know, so those are the kind of things that I did when I was graduating, even though I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I still researched towards what I thought I wanted to do, if that makes sense. So hopefully, you know, a lot of the students, sometimes they go to hair school because they don't know what they want to do. And their parents kind of just say, oh, go to hair school since you have nothing else to do, you know? So if you don't really have a passion for it, it's kind of hard to force a passion out of something that you have no interest in. So I think it even starts there. If you recognize that I spent this amount of time in school and I don't like it, don't force a career out of it because it may or may not work in your favor. And then you in turn hate it and, you know, it might push you in the wrong direction. So definitely define, is this, can I see myself doing this the next five years, 10 years? Is this really what I love? What do I love about hair? Do I love haircutting? Do I love coloring? Do I love curly hair? So maybe you can find a niche within it if you figure that you do love it. And uh, and what about to, uh, okay, so that's good for like people who uh, are are in school, getting out of school, mm-hmm. uh, constantly checking. All right. I mean, even, you know, mainly kind of any point in their career, you can ask yourself, hey, uh, do I still, am I still happy? Am I happy doing this, uh, this mm-hmm. environment, working around these people, working with customers, uh, doing right. you know, the craft? Uh, there's also a lot of other asset, facets of the industry, you know, like there's, 
you know, there's like uh, salespeople and sales and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. corporate offices and stuff. So mm-hmm. like, but yeah, that's a good one. How about, um, how about like kind of the, how do you deal with the stress of like, because you, you mentioned how some places were that you would go to work uh, at, they'd be like a startup or pop up and it really wouldn't mm-hmm. take off. And then you were kind of left to kind of trying to figure out what your next yeah. step was again. Yeah, but, so, definitely, so I, <laughs> definitely be okay with failure. I know it may sound crazy just using that you know, harsh of a word because, you know, it's so much darkness surrounded by the word failure. But if you really want this, you're going to get knocked down. You have to figure out the best way to get back up. So being a part of a a business that doesn't work out, I'm sure it probably hurt the owner more than it hurt me because I can just float to somewhere else. Um, You might get no's in the beginning, but it doesn't always stay a no. It's just a no for now. And that's something that I had to remind myself that, hey, I went to interview at this location and they told me no. And then I become devastated. But it's just a no for now. Maybe it wasn't the right fit. You can always go revisit. Maybe they'll need you at a, a different point in time in life. I think it's more so don't take every setback as, you know, the end of uh, end of everything, you know, there's going to be times where you're not just the fit for that moment. Um, I learned a lot of times that sometimes I felt like, oh, I could be a teacher. I would be great as a teacher. And why didn't they pick me to be a teacher? And it just didn't fit at that time because right after that, something else came up that was better. Um, I always try to tell any stylist, you know, that is going for something, if they say no, politely say no problem but keep the contact because you never know when they might need to call you or you might need to call them again um and i think that's important that it might be a better opportunity later on um as far as challenges the most recent challenge that i faced while i was opening my business was i suffered from hurricane ida where my entire apartment was destroyed and i still had to launch my business. So the storm hit September 4th. My entire apartment was washed away. I had to move back home with my parents, but then I had a launch on my birthday. So when I say that you have to still stand up and still show up for what you put out there for yourself, I knew I had a deadline. I knew I wanted to drop on my birthday and a storm didn't stop me, you know, and I literally was floating away. I had to pack everything. Everything was soaking wet. I lost a lot, but people that saw my launch never knew that that happens until I released it, you know, in things that I'm doing, like talking to you or in articles, because that wasn't the main focus. The main focus was I put out this product. I want the world to know about it. And even though the sad story is part of it right now, the main focus is to get this business out there. And it was a great launch, you know, but then now that people hear what actually happened behind the scenes, now they kind of are about pieces, pieces itself together. Like, wow, you were going through all of that. You had to move, you lost an apartment and you still launched like nothing was wrong. You know, it's kind of like a survival story. So people gravitate towards you and they're like, wow, if she can do that, I can do it too. And my problem wasn't even as big as losing a home, you know? So those are the kind of things that I try to be as transparent with people when they ask, well, you use so consistent. It takes time, you know, and with the internet and social media, we want everything 
today, well, yesterday, really. Okay, this person became a millionaire last night, and all she did was curl. I could curl better than her, but that's just the world we live in. Your time is your time, and you're gonna get there. You know, anything can happen to you, but if you know that you have your eyes on that goal, you can make it. You can really make it. I surprise myself sometimes with the things that I do, and I'm like, I really was homeless, you know. And some people say that, oh, I was homeless, but when you act, when it actually happens, you're like, wow. I can't believe that, that, you know, me, like, because you look at yourself in a certain way, you work towards a certain space. So it's kind of like, you don't ever think that the things you watch on the news will ever happen to you. And when it does, you find this strength you never even knew you had. Right, right. That's good. That's really good. Uh, so when you're talking about your launch, uh, you're, are you talking about training place designs? Or are you talking about your e-commerce platform? Or... Yes, it was both all together. So Trinity Place Designs is just the company name and the e-commerce store. I launched selling products online. Like I launched the website um, September 27th. So I had worked on the designs of the product. I outsourced. Um, and, you know, I had a few items that I was selling hand to hand and the website went live. So after the storm, I, I didn't want to push the date back. And I said, no, we're still going to go live. And that was the drive. That because I kind of felt like, okay, this happened to me. It is traumatic, but if I skip my launch date, then I'm just gonna push myself behind even more. And then what will be special about October 3rd? That doesn't have a special meaning to me anymore, you know? So that was uh an important aspect. All right. So what I think would be interesting to know is like if you were doing hair, so you, it sounds like you were doing hair, I think you said six years before you started uh trinity place designs officially mm -hmm. officially and then mm -hmm. the products came at that point too at the same yes point. yep at okay, the same so point yep you made it all official when you decided to launch the website and start selling products mm -hmm. okay. yes all right so for six years you were uh this thing a was correction developing. officer huh? <laughs> a correction officer for six years okay wait what? <laughs> where does that yes, where, where does that fit into the story? That's after yeah, that's after Dry Bar, and then I started working for the city to supplement income. That was one of the jobs that I that so I was working for the city still as a correction officer, but also still doing hair. So I never really stopped doing hair. It just wasn't always the primary employment. Uh, I was on Rikers Island for five and a half years as a Oh my gosh. Officer. I feel like we should have started with that one. <laughs> so basically in New York, uh, being a correction officer is a high paying job, at least six figures. So my nice. plan was to go there, make as much as I can make. And then once I'm ready to leave, I'm going to buy a home and start a business. So like I, that's what the underlying theme of everything that I do or say or, you know, give advice on is if you are going to do something, have a plan, have a beginning goal and an end goal to it so that the funding from that nine to five or midnight job, you know, you're using it towards your actual goal. You know, don't get lost in the job where, okay, I'm doing well, I'm comfortable. Eh, I don't care about doing hair anymore. You know, I always knew in the back of my mind that I was using this to fund the career that I really wanted to have, which is having the product line and having my mobile business and having a, a salon in my home and all those things. So, 
you know, I'm not against working, you know, if you can manage it, but some people get comfortable and they forget the reason that they started. I, I don't know how relevant this is, but what was uh-huh. it like being a correctional officer? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Rikers, I, I'm not sure how much you know about Rikers Island, but I know it's in all the movies. It's a scary place. <laughs> yes, it is a scary place. And honestly, the time that I spent there, I feel like I didn't think about the danger, which I don't know if I'm crazy or what, but I didn't necessarily think of the danger because I was so stuck on my goal, which pushed me through all the crazy things. And it was a lot of crazy things, a lot of fights, a lot of weapons, a lot of, you know, just craziness that went on. And I worked in a male facility, so I didn't work with women. Um, So these people are doing 25 years to life. There's some people that they don't, they haven't even been outside. They're asking me, like, how did the new phones look? They're asking, what's the weather? What's the new trends? Because they haven't been out in normal population in so long. So I guess because in my twisted mind, I'm just like so interested in their mind that it pushed me through. But yeah, there were some scary times where they started fires, you know, they throw food on you. They throw a feces and urine and like, luckily I've never experienced that, but I've been around people that it has happened to. So it is a very scary job. It is one of those thankless jobs that you need because you don't want these uh, type of individuals in your neighborhood. So someone has to do it, but it's one of those jobs where it's like when I'm now I'm sitting back because I'm no longer there, obviously. And I'm like, I can't believe I did that for that (laughs) amount of time. What was I thinking? Like, I apply. I'm a. I applied to all kinds of jobs, and it's like I'm volunteering to be here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how many? How long did you do that for? Five and a half years. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that long the time. Major, the bulk of that time when you were while you were mm-hmm. building from license yeah. to launch of your of your company. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. And were you working full time? Uh, yeah, more than full time. Uh, that was when I was explaining about the understaffed. So there was a time period where COVID hit and like all these different things were going on. People were dying. People were leaving the job. People were afraid. So there were only a select few of us who were brave enough to still go to work during COVID. Um, The inmates were getting sick. It was a lot that was going on. So during that time, I actually slept at the jail very often. Wow. So I had to make a deciding factor at the end of it. Like, okay, I need to be home with my family. This is kind of like crazy now. I'm like sleeping in the car. I'm sleeping in the locker room. I'm sleeping, uh, you know, like my partner would give me a break and I'm like sleeping, standing up, just trying to like catch my breath from everything that's going on. So when it's happening, I think that you don't really know what you're going through. You're kind of just pushing through it because you know this is what needs to be done. Or you tell yourself that, like, I need to make money. I need to get this goal accomplished. I need to do this. So you're not really thinking, wow, I'm really sitting in jail for 24 hours. Uh, they're locking the gates because there's a snowstorm. It's a state of emergency. So if you're on this side of the, the island, you have to stay here. If you're on the other side, you can't come onto the island. And those are some of the things that we really had to deal with. Like if uh, it may got too out of control, they would shut down the island and no one can go anywhere. It sounds like there's a lot going on for you to also be building this uh, business on the yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, but I had to stay focused. 
That's amazing. I think that's a great, this is like a pretty good place to wrap it up. I think there's a really cool story. Um, the whole idea of going to school, pursuing this idea that you have in your mind of, you know, you want to be part of this industry or you want to do this mm-hmm. for a living, but just kind of like not quite working out. So mm-hmm. taking a second to get some income coming in. So you have some mm-hmm. level of security, but also not getting wrapped up and losing sight of your your goals. Well, thank you for sharing. So I think uh, I'd like to expand more on that process of opening and launching your business. And but I think we should save that for the next time we have a we talk. So do you have any like last pieces of advice or thoughts that you'd like to share? Well, my uh, my most important piece of advice is finding someone that can be a mentor to you that doesn't necessarily have to be in your industry but just a positive influence not that I was a know-it-all but I kind of felt like I know what I want I'm like I know what I want I'm me I know this already but when I started being around different people that can inspire me in different ways and show me different ways to react and to do certain things it really changed me for the better that's awesome awesome well, thank you so much for sharing. Yes, it was great. Thank you so much. I'm so glad. See, it was perfect timing. Even though yeah. we missed each other, this was perfect. Good. So I'm I, glad. I, I I'm thank really... you so much. And I can't wait to see everything. And yeah, we can set up another time. However you want to break it up, I'm around. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really, uh, really enjoyed having you on. I look forward to having you on again soon. Yes. Thank you. Bye. All right.